What is up, everybody? And welcome into ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network. With a lot more content coming your way throughout the rest of the season, make sure that you check out adcsports.com slash Dallas. And as always, remember that Primetime is brought to you by our friends, over at FreemanMazda.net. It is Wednesday night, so in a few moments here, we will get into the Freeman Mazda stat of the week, and I think that plenty of you will absolutely love it. But before we do all of that, let's talk a little bit about that Cowboys position group that should be ready to eat versus the Green Bay Packers. Because we've talked about some of the issues for the Packers. We've talked about them not having a solid number one wide receiver being injured at the position. Last week, uh, Christian Watson, the rookie, had to exit the game. The same for Romeo Dubs. And although they're rookies, the both of them, they have been a huge part of the Packers' offense. We've talked about them throwing behind the line of scrimmage. We've talked about all of the issues. However, that offensive line is actually kind of good. The Packers' offensive line, especially when they're run blocking, are kind of dangerous. They have not done a consistent job in the passing game, but it's still David Bakhtiari. It's still Tanyan. There are some good names in on that unit. PFF ranks them as the fifth best offensive line in the NFL. But there is one big issue, and that is that when the injury report came out today, we saw that three starting offensive linemen are on that injury report. In total, by the way, there are 17 names on that injured report for the Packers, 10 of which did not practice at all on Wednesday, and then add to that six players who were limited. Big injury problems for the Packers right now. You're talking about 17 players being on the injury report. That is 32% of your roster, man. And I think that Rashan Gary was on that initial report, and then he was placed on IR officially. So the pass rusher is set to miss at least four weeks now. Uh, there are some ACL fears in there. So, you know, uh, that season was already expected to be over. But the, the thing that caught my eye is the fact that David Bakhtiari once more did not practice And for those of you who have not followed the Packers closely, Bakhtiari, who's obviously one of the best in the game when healthy, has been in and out this season. And they have tried to ease him back into the starting job. They let him start at left tackle, and then they start rotating him. But he had to exit the game last week injured, and then he's in the injury report, did not practice. Left guard Jenkins also did not practice, and then you've got the other guard, Runian limited. Those are three starters that you might not have or that might be banged up versus the best pass rush in the NFL because the Cowboys are no longer one of the best. They are the best. I think they're number one, and I think it even goes beyond stats. I'm not saying that because they have the highest pressure rate. I'm saying that because they consistently stunt. They consistently confuse you. They don't have to blitz that much. They're above around average in the NFL in blitz rate. How many sacks 
How many sacks will the Cowboys get on Sunday? Let me know what you guys think about that one in the YouTube chat and the Facebook chat. I will tell you what as I await your answers. Although Aaron Rodgers is struggling and although the offensive line might be very hurt on Sunday, one thing to watch is the fact that Rodgers will get rid of the ball quickly. And that's for many reasons, including the fact that as we took a look uh, yesterday, the, he is second in the NFL in passes thrown behind the line of scrimmage. But it's also because it's Aaron Rodgers. That's the way that he has played for most of his career. He doesn't hold on to the football that long. And when he does, sometimes he's dangerous and he can extend plays. And then he shows off that arm talent of his in which he doesn't even have to be planted right in order to fire a missile. And we have seen that plenty of times. But right now with the Packers offense being as broken as it is, it also has to do with how much they're throwing behind the line of scrimmage. But he, he's a quarterback that can definitely neutralize your pass rush a little bit just by getting rid of the football. So how many sacks will the Cowboys get on Sunday? Seven sacks, says Gregory. Timothy goes with five. Six to midnight goes with his own name. He says six. Reggie over at Facebook says eight. Oh, oh, that is a high number, Reggie. I like it. Seven for Kevin, five, five. Peter Rizzo also goes with five sacks. Uh, toxic Tom. Four is Terry. Nick goes with six. Bruce got the uses. <laughs> uh, there are some made-up numbers out there in the in the Facebook chat and the YouTube chat. Uh, I will say four. I will go with a conservative number, maybe. I will say four. Uh, I, I agree with those of you who, who went with that, I think that it's a, a conservative number, but I will give Aaron Rodgers his respect on that aspect. And, and uh, acknowledging that he can get rid of the football pretty quickly. But I will say, I will tell you something, without those three starting offensive linemen, or even if they play, they play banged up, you don't want to go up against the Dallas Cowboys pass rush. We focus on Micah Parsons. I think that he is in for a monster game. But the thing is, Sam Williams has gotten healthy. Armstrong, Lawrence also bring a lot to the table, to your defense. And then you know that Dan Queen will not be scared to blitz Aaron Rodgers. Even though some people don't want to do it just because they know that he can burn you. This version of Aaron Rodgers, I'm not sure that he will. Because... When you take a look at the Packers games over the last few weeks, yes, there are a lot of issues on that offense, but you cannot deny that Aaron Rodgers is misfiring. He's missing some can't-miss throws, honestly, just last week. The thing about the Packers' struggles against the Lions is that they were super untimely. You saw Aaron Rodgers miss the mark in the red zone and waste opportunities to put points on the board consistently. So right now, Rodgers doesn't look as scary. I know it's Aaron Rodgers. I said this earlier in the week. I think that the Packers might be one tweak or two to adjust the offense and really get back into a decent form. I'm not even going to say that they will bounce back and be NFC favorites or even division champions or anything like that, but they, I don't think they're going to look this bad all season long. I think that they will at one point bounce back a little bit at least 
but it will be tough to do versus the Cowboys pass rush, 100%. Let's see what you guys have to say here on the show before we uh, before we move on here a little bit. Uh, I have not toxic, Tom. I know which one you, you mean, uh, but I have not seen that one. Rodgers, not that same burner in my opinion, Sisteri. I agree. Versus the Blitz, uh, even uh, I agree with that. Fowler actually has the highest pass rush win percentage, says Kevin Knight. Oh, Kevin, correct me if I'm wrong. You mean uh, pass rush win percentage? Because if so, that is pretty impressive. And it would make a lot of sense because you see both Fowler, Armstrong, and even I would add Sam Williams to that equation. You see them face a lot of one-on-ones. And that's because of the Micah Parsons effect, but also because of the way Dan Quinn messes up with pass protection schemes from opposing offenses. He keeps finding ways to really confuse them. And it can be something as subtle as walking Leighton Vanderush to the line of scrimmage or maybe Donovan Wilson, but he finds ways to get five-on-five situations up front or maybe four-on-five, but with offensive linemen being taken out of the play. So, for example, he will walk up like Leighton Vanderush into that line of scrimmage force the guard to take that step towards him and then drop back into coverage. Dan Queen has been amazing in that aspect. And I agree with those who are saying that maybe it's not that scary to blitz a guy like Aaron Rodgers. But I, I think those kind of things have allowed Fowler, Gregory, uh, Gregory. Oh, that was kind of a, a an automatic, automatic, uh, comment from last year maybe uh Fowler Armstrong Williams you know what I mean they're seeing a lot of one-on-one situations this season let's see I agree here with uh let me try to find this comment real quickly yes the real Basham is back says Reggie that's true that's true that's another one the Packers are going to be concerned about I am looking forward to seeing how much they actually play it Almost got Jimosis, Bruce. Yeah, you did. Almost got, almost get me. Almost. Uh, I'm trying to find a comment. Charles here says, "Dude, please. They still may beat Dallas. They've got Dallas number. They might. I agree. I agree, Charles. And I think that a lot of people in Cowboys Nation feel the same way because that's what has happened in recent memory. However, if you look at it objectively." And you look at it without factoring in too much of what has happened over the last few times they faced each other, particularly in the playoffs. And if we are objective about it, it shouldn't matter. Like Adam Rogers has not broken our hearts time and time again because the Cowboys have a star on their helmet. It's not the same team as it was in 2016, as it was in 2014. It shouldn't matter. Uh, in our hearts and in our kind of biased views, I think that it does. We're all scared of what Aaron Rodgers can do because at the end of the day, he is Aaron Rodgers, but that is the thing. That is more than anything the thing, the fact that he is Aaron Rodgers. It's not that it's Rodgers versus Dallas. It's just that it's Rodgers, and he might figure it out. And when you look at the Packers offense, it's clear that there's something wrong schematically. They have not been able to solve not having Devante Adams 
in that unit. And I think that at some point, from one week to another, they will. They will try to find an identity and they will click and it will look a little bit smoother, even if it is in the offense that they wanted to be in the preseason. But believe me, the Cowboys can lose this game. I'm not saying they will. I'm not saying that's my prediction. By the way, tomorrow we've got the uh, preview show, the game pick, and of course, one of my favorite segments of this show, betting the Cowboys in a segment in which we make one bet every single game. We are 7-1 and one this season in Cowboys bets. By the way, the lone loss was when we took the points versus the Philadelphia Eagles. Other than that, we've covered every bet so far. Excited about that. Um, we'll see if we can get to 8-1 and one on, on Thursday night. But anyways, before we, before we move on to the next topic, it's the NFL. And we've seen some crazy results out there. We've seen Zach Wilson outplay Josh Allen, literally. That happened on Sunday. So, uh, and, and not because Zach Wilson played good either. That he played pretty bad football and still managed to outplay uh, Josh Allen. So, we got to be ready for anything. I, I will agree to that. Kevin Knight says, going against Rodgers, it's one last heartbreak play. I will say if any other quarterback had as many playoff failures, the narrative would be he can't win big playoff games, says Terry. <laughs> That's a good point, actually. That is a very good point. If Basham is back, who is the odd man out, says Tommy915. Man, I would like to answer that question a little bit more intently, but I will say that I wouldn't be surprised if Basham is the inactive because I don't think that you can make Armstrong, Fowler, or Sam Williams. I don't think that you can put all of them below, any of them below Terrell Basham. Anyways. I don't, I, <laughs> the YouTube chat is sometimes on fire, man. It, it, it is on a whole other level. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, it is Wednesday night. So... It is time for the Freeman Mazda stat of the week. And this has to do with the players to watch on Sunday because we will talk a little bit about one of the new fan favorites for the Cowboys fan base, apparently. So let's get into it. Let's get into the Freeman Mazda stat of the week. Here we go. Let's talk about Damon Clark. He has played... Very limited snaps. He has not played that much. However, in the plays that he has taken a part of, he is number one on the team, excluding defensive linemen, in stop percentage. For those of you who are unaware, Pro Football Focus measures a statistic that's called stops, and that means plays that result in a negative outcome for the offense. So if you don't gain enough yardage to be considered a successful play, so for example, if you don't get to second and five in, on first down, that's not a successful first down. You need to get those five yards at least. Uh, that, that kind of stuff. And if you make the tackle, you get the stop. Damon Clark has not played that much, but he has a stop percentage of 9.5%. 
and this is on run plays specifically, he is number one on the team. In other words, he couldn't have had a better game last Sunday when the Cowboys played the Chicago Bears and Damon Clark introduced himself to Cowboys Nation. And it turns out that Anthony Barr did not practice today. He was the one player on the Cowboys roster that did not manage to practice. That probably means that Damon Clark will be your number two linebacker on defense behind Leighton Vanderich, and you will see a lot more from him when the Cowboys take on the Green Bay Packers, which is even more important than most weeks because who do the Packers target as an offense? They target their running backs, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Aaron, Rod Aaron Jones did practice today. He was limited with an ankle injury, but he did practice. And tight ends. They also target their tight ends. That's what you do when you don't have top-tier wide receivers at your disposal. So get ready for a huge game for Damon Clark. 9.5% stop rate in his career. He's just one game into it, so let's not get super excited. He played in 51% of the defensive snaps versus the Bears, but still pretty impressive numbers and proving that he belongs in the NFL. That leads me to my question. Do you guys think, yes or no, is Damon Clark up for the challenge if he starts? Yes or no? Let me know in the chat. What are your expectations? That being said, and while you give me your answers, let me talk to you about our friends over at the guys that brought this stat to you, FreemanMazda.net. Because the ride of the week is the 2023 Mazda CX-5 2.5 Turbo All-Wheel Drive. This one starts at $38,125. It's got all-wheel drive, auto climate control, Wi-Fi hotspot, game-changing feature, and an adaptive cruise control with a miles per gallon capacity of 22 in the city. That goes up to 27. When you are in the highway, make sure that you check out the ride of the week over at FreemanMazda.net, a family-owned business for over 65 years. And remember, when you choose Freeman Mazda, you are choosing a lifelong partnership with your car dealer. That is the Freeman Mazda stat of the week, ladies and gentlemen. Let's see what you guys think about this. Uh, is Damon Clark up for the challenge if he starts? Yes, for Reggie, for Desmond as well. Toxic just says, I hope. Yes, he is baby Micah, so six. DC forever says he's going to kill the challenge. Kevin says, without a single doubt, Mo. Truly hope that he is, says Terry. What's up, Stubby? Bad boy. Yeah, what's up, Stubby? I remember Stubby. Shout out to him. Definitely for Tummy1915. Henry says, Damon Clark is one of my sleepers. It was meant for him to get his turn to shine, and it was meant for him to play for the Cowboys. He is a beast. I will tell you what. Mike also says yes. Mike and Leah, I think that he is up for the challenge. I think that he will have a decent game. It's sounding like he will get the snaps because it's sounding like Anthony Barr still dealing with that hamstring injury. I wouldn't be surprised if both are active and then we don't see Barr that much. Not necessarily because they're benching him, just because they're giving Damon Clark the opportunity to go out there and maybe earn the job or maybe at least battle for it. 
I do. I would believe that the Packers are going to try to find ways to exploit the rookie side of Damon Clark because as excited as we are about his athleticism and as excited as we are about his closing speed and his pursuit and the fact that he can also rush the passer as we saw on that one play the other day. That's not the clip, actually. I think that this one is. As excited as we are about all of that, Damon Clark is still a rookie. And if you put a lot of stress on him, if you force him to make reads, if you force him to be out there in pass coverage, maybe we see him make some mistakes. And that would be fine. He is is a rookie after all in the NFL. And it would only be his second game this season when the rest of the of, of the guys on the field have been doing this in September, right? So it's got to be hard. I would be sur- I would be surprised if the Packers don't make it a point of emphasis to force Damon Clark to prove them wrong. That if they try to exploit him, they will get some results. So I think there will be some growing pains, but overall, I think that Clark will not disappoint. I think he's for in for a huge game because of the way that the Packers attack you via their running backs and via their tight ends. However, speaking of players, speaking of players that are going to be tested on Sunday, I'm a little bit nervous about Darren Bland. And let me know what you guys think about this one. From 1 to 10, how confident are you in Bland versus the Packers? Here's what I why I bring this up. Bland is also a rookie, and as opposed to Damon Clark, even though he was drafted in the fifth round, Clark was, he was seen as a day two talent. He was drafted later because of the neck surgery and the potential for him missing an entire season, which obviously is not going to be the case because he's back already. But Bland was more of a developmental pick. He would not be playing if it wasn't because Jordan Lewis suffered a season-ending injury. We've seen some good stuff from Bland. We saw the closing speed on that one play, the technique to get the PBU in the end zone. But one of the things that the Packers do a lot on offense this season is they will target the slot receiver on third down. And specifically, they will target him vertically a lot. So... Get ready, in my opinion, to see Rodgers go at Darren Bland early and often. That's what I would expect. Add to that that Rodgers is enough of a, of a veteran quarterback to target a specific corner throughout a game because I don't think that anyone can do that. Uh, that's why it, it gets talked more about when you're facing Tom Brady or you're facing Aaron Rodgers or, or, or players like that. I think that Rodgers is a QB that could really find that target and, and hit that easy button time and time again. I'm not saying that Bland is an easy button necessarily. I'm saying he's probably your weakest spot across the secondary. Be, uh, below Trayvon Diggs, Anthony Brown, and the safeties who are a talented bunch. That's probably the, the guy that you want to target. And then pair that with the fact that they will run they will run all of these vertical routes on third down and target the slot, and it just fits. 
it's one of those games in which we could hear a lot about number 26, whether it's good or bad. But I think there will be no shortage of targets thrown Blant's way. Uh, how confident are you for him to handle it? Let's see. Stubby goes with a 4. 8.7 for Gregory. 6 says uh, Terry. Kevin goes with an 8 mo. Uh, 6 for Toxic Tom. 8 for 6 to midnight. 8.5 for Alex Flores. Blant is my guy, says Kevin Knight. I will go with a lower score, guys. I, I will go with a little bit of a lower score on that one. I will go with a five. I think, I know, Mo, why are you riding the fence? I am, I'm sorry. But I think that as, as much as we will see some good reps from Bland and him showing off his athleticism, I think he, he is the most likely guy to get burned at least once in this game. That's just uh, my bet. So I would go with, with, with five. I think that it will be a mixed bag. And that's not hating on Darren Bland because I do like him a lot as a player. But I think that that's the one play in which you could see. This is the one game in which you could see a veteran quarterback like Aaron Rodgers trying to, <laughs> trying to find that that. Weak spot in the secondary. Five says Kevin Knight. A five says six to midnight. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I will go with that number. I will go with a lower score on that one. I'm still widely confident, though, on this game, on the Cowboys. But anyways, Mo with a bland confidence is toxic, Tom. Man, oh, let me see if I can get to this quickly. I'm going to try to, I'm going to pretend to read that again. Toxic Tom says, Mo with the bland confidence. There you go. <laughs> Brown isn't competing for most burnt. Dude, you ain't even making sense as Thomas Williams. All right. <laughs> we didn't even get to, you know, ranking the cornerbacks on the team. But if you are Aaron Rodgers, who are you targeting in this game? The fifth round rookie or the guy that finished last year as one of the best Cover cornerbacks in the league. You tell me. You tell me. Stubby says, is this bullcrap about Odell Beckham true? Man, I'm starting to buy into the hype. You guys heard me on Sunday night. I, I've always thought that the Cowboys could make this happen. After, you know, those reports came out. But I will tell you what. I'm starting to buy it a little bit more. After what has been going on over the last couple of days. You have seen Mike McCarthy go out of his way to compliment OBJ because they usually respond to these questions by, you know, saying that they like their guys and that they will look into every possibility. I think that McCarthy's compliments for OBJ were pretty strong. The same for Jerry Jones on the radio. And then you get Michael Parsons recruiting the guy. And then you get... And this quote from Ezekiel Elliott was pretty cool to read. I think it was tweeted out by John Machota for The Athletic. And he and Ezekiel Elliott pretty much said, we know what type of player Odell is. We know how explosive he can be and what he could bring to this offense. It would be great to get him down here in Dallas. 
He would definitely fit in this locker room. We want OBJ. And then Michael Irvin also on an OBJ campaign. This Cowboys team seems like it is genuinely trying to sign Odell Beckham Jr. And I will tell you what, I would love it. I would love it because OBJ, for some reason, has that, you know, locker room trouble tag attached to him. And yet Cleveland Browns players defend him for everything that went on with Baker Mayfield. The LA Rams recruited him. And I don't mean the LA Rams front office and coaches. I mean the players. And there were stories written about it. And then you see the Cowboys try to recruit him, the players, Micah and Zeke. And then you see the same over at Buffalo with Von Miller leading the charge. OBJ is actually kind of a liked dude by teams, by players specifically. However, he has that label that maybe the media attached to him or maybe one particular side wanted to attach to him. But OBJ appears to be kind of loved, actually, by his former teammates. Cleveland Browns players will talk better about OBJ than Baker Mayfield. And a lot of the controversies about OBJ had to do with his time in Cleveland, for example. And he would not be that expensive, so you know that the Cowboys front office could actually make it happen. And guess what? You've got CeeDee Lamp, you've got Michael Gallup, and you've got Noah Brown, who's decent, right? Uh, maybe James Washington comes back healthy soon enough. But then after that, you've got Jalen Tolbert, a third-round draft pick that the Cowboys apparently do not want to play because not even without Noah Brown last time that the Cowboys took the field versus the Chicago Bears, not even without Noah Brown, Tolbert did not get a lot of reps. And then Kevontae Turpin that, you know, I don't think that he can run a full route tree. I don't think that he can be a regular wide receiver for you. Floyd says, unless you're admitting Gallup, Lamp, and Brown aren't performing, what's the point in OBJ? I think, Floyd, that OBJ is vastly, immensely superior and on a whole different tier than Noah Brown. And I like Noah Brown. Plus, even if he even if he was on that same tier, I will say that, you know, give me more depth at wideout. Let's see. You're wrong about Turpin, says Henry Smith. Hey, I, I will, I'm open for disagreements 100 percent I just I live in fear of seeing Kevontae Turpin run a slant versus a crashing safety or an in-breaking route. I'm not, I'm not super excited about, about that possibility at all. <laughs> and I think that we have not seen it on tape. Whenever Kevontae Turpin takes the field, we have not seen him run a lot of those routes. You should always be looking for more and better talents. It's toxic dump. Exactly. The Buffalo Bills have Stephon Diggs. They have Gabe Davis. They have so many other wideouts. 
and they're trying to target OBJ, man. Try to get better, you know? Uh, this doesn't have to be a conversation about how good is Noah Brown really or Kevontae Turpin. It can be as simple as we would be better with OBJ on the team. So try to get him. Why isn't OBJ playing right now, says daddy -o. Well, he did suffer that ACL injury in the Super Bowl. And then, uh, you know, he's getting closer and closer to, be, to being ready for game action. But I also think, like, if you're OBJ and you are being treated as a five-star, number one quarterback recruit in the nation, you might be, you might be willing to take some time in your rehab and really stick around long enough in free agency to figure out who is a legitimate contender and who isn't and then sign with the team that offers you the best mix of what you want which is probably money and an opportunity to actually play in the Super Bowl again let's see <laughs> unless you're married it's toxic Tom yeah if you're married then maybe you're not looking for more and better talent. There you go. OBJ isn't even medically clear to play, but but this host says, let's sign him now. Yes, Thomas, because if you rewind the show five seconds, that's exactly what I said. Sign OBJ now. By the way, Thomas is, Thomas is up to about three or four hate comments this show, and he is still around. So I love it. Thank you for the engagement. Shout out to my man, Thomas. If you're going to sign him, I do it. I do it sooner than later. Gregory says, "Mo, do you have video of that OBJ ACL tour play?" Not, not, not on hand. I don't. I don't. I would love OBJ, man. Sign him. Get better at wide receiver. And maybe you don't want him for week ten. Like, all right, let's have a smart conversation about it instead of just you know tr talking some smack in the in the comments let's talk some smart football you don't want obj for week 10 guys you want obj for the playoffs you want obj for december football you know that's what i mean that's what i mean <laughs> yeah thomas i am man hey thomas 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 if you want to play ball in the comments man you gotta you gotta be willing to take it as well it's ping pong it's ping pong you know see don't blame me just because you don't know what you're talking about. I love how Thomas has gone to the you don't know what you're talking about comment three times. And then he says, hate comments, hate comments. Speaking the truth is hate now. You got to love it. Shout out to Thomas, man. Number one primetime fan around here. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, I think that will be it for tonight. Tomorrow, we do have the preview show. I'm excited about it. We do have betting the Cowboys back seven and one this season in Cowboys bets. I have not decided yet on what the play will be tomorrow night. I am excited to figure that out. Uh, the over-under, it's kind of a tough number. The betting spread is at five. And, you know, five is the ultimate number in sports betting, which is where the odds makers do not know what to do with a game. They don't want to make any team a seven-point favorite or a three-point favorite. Uh, five is when they don't know what to do. Stavi says, thank you for being cool about the bad boy stuff. I will let it go. Nah, Stavi, I love it. That's what I'm trying to, to, to share to Thomas here in the, in the YouTube and the Facebook chat. 
that's how we do it here on primetime, man. It, it was funny. That, that, that thing was, bad boy funny was, bad boy thing, excuse me, was funny when it happened for sure. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, I will see you tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Central. Do me a favor, though. Hit the like button. Smash that thumbs up. Uh, puts this show in front of more and more Cowboys fans. And that is the biggest thing that you can do to help out the show. Thomas, hit the thumbs up, man, and let's, let's make it right. Anyways, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, I will see you tomorrow night. Thank you for being here. Nos vemos. Adios. Hasta mañana. Bye-bye.